Welcome to the College Sports Insider presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. So when you're watching an athletic contest and you see a student athlete go down, a knee, an ankle, a shoulder, and all of a sudden there's somebody there to take care of them, um, who is that person? Uh, what's their background and, and what is it that they do on a daily basis as the person to whom we trust the health and the safety and the well-being of our student athletes? Well, we thought we'd have a conversation with John Chandler from Coe College, athletic trainer who's had a really interesting background in the world of intercollegiate athletics and, and maybe get some answers to some of those questions. John, nice to have you here with us. Thank you for having me. So let me, I, I mentioned your background and really interesting progression from, from athletic trainer, athletic director, back to athletic trainer. And I thought, let's, let's kind of chart where you've been, and then we've got a lot that you and I can talk about in terms of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and how we see the improvements that have taken place. You know, you and I were talking before this, going back to when I was playing football in college in the 70s compared to now, it, it's night and day in terms of treatments. But let's start with, with you and your background. What is it that drew you to, to the idea of, of becoming an athletic trainer? I think, you know, growing up when I was in high school, you know, participating in athletics and, uh, you know, watching athletics, uh, I wanted to have a profession that I would be involved with athletics. Obviously, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. And you'd watch, you know, TV on Sundays back in the day. You know, we'd have the NFL and CBS and you'd watch the games and all of a sudden you'd see an athlete get injured and a couple individuals would go out on the field and they'd take care of that person, get them off and, you know, evaluate them. And so I started looking into what position that was. And that was really before there were predominantly athletic trainers in the high school setting and it was typically college professional athletes. And so uh, I attended the University of Wisconsin-Madison and... Uh, after my first year, I was in pre-business, and I was like, I really don't like this very much. You know, what can I do? And I was fortunate my father had gone to pharmacy school at Madison, and uh, his good friend was dean of the pharmacy school, whose good friend was the head athletic trainer at Wisconsin. And so when I had a meeting with him over the summer and kind of charted out my uh, next three years and what how he was going to get into athletic training. And at that time, Wisconsin had a... Um, it was a collateral major, and so I took physical education, teaching, and then took the collateral athletic training and finished that, got my bachelor's degree, worked with the various teams at Wisconsin. Then I went on to graduate school at the University of Northern Iowa. Let me jump in for a second here because um, when you talk about that collateral program, uh, did many schools have them at that time? At that time, there were, were two types of programs. Mm -hmm. There was a curriculum program, which was education-based, um, very elaborate, uh, organized, um, and schools had internship programs. And so Wisconsin had an internship program at the time. Uh, we had coursework in athletic training. We took, you know, biology, uh, physiology, physiology of exercise, kinesiology, all those classes. Um, but it was a different type of major, and, and um, we got a lot of hands-on experience, which I thought was nice for the internship. And that really kind of piqued my interest that I want to do this as a profession. And so there was a couple of different routes you could go. Some people were going to physical therapy school. And at that time, physical therapists were really more in a clinical setting and weren't really into the athletic setting. They would work with athletes, but 
Um, you did not see physical therapists on a, a college athletic training staff, or, but you know that's changed as well. And so I wanted more of the route. I wanted to work with athletes and college level. And so I went through our program, and then I went on to graduate school and got my master's degree and was a graduate assistant athletic trainer at University of Northern Iowa. So what did graduate school entail then? For me, it was it was quite the program. Northern Iowa at the time, uh, I got my master's degree in education, and I was a graduate assistant athletic trainer in uh, the fall for the football team and then men's and women's cross country. And then in the spring, I covered men's and women's track and field. And I actually finished in one year. So two semesters in a summer, I did 32 credits and a thesis. That's, am- that's ambitious. Training. Yes. That is ambitious. Yes. So you talked about how you had this sort of, I guess let's call it an epiphany at one point in time. Saying, yes. All right, not business, let's mm-hmm. athletic training. As you got into it, did was it what your expectations thought it was going to be? Yeah, I I, I think it was more than what I thought. Um, you know, because in the beginning, you 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 didn't really I didn't really know enough about it until mm-hmm. I started taking the coursework and then finding out what an athletic trainer does, and it's it's quite unique in, in the area of medicine because most of the time, you will see the injury occur, you'll evaluate the injury, you'll confer or refer an athlete to a physician. You'll take, uh, you'll have a discussion with the physician on what the course of treatment and rehabilitation is. You will perform the treatment and rehabilitation. You may work with a physical therapist uh, and, and collaborate, and then you put them through functional testing, and then they're back out onto the field, the court, whatever it may be. And so you really, as an athletic trainer, you're working with that athlete from the time that injury happens to the time they get back. So you're, you're the real continuum. As you said, yes. you're the one who sees it happen on the field and you're going to get them through it so that they can get back to the field. Yes, yes. Tell me about, let, let's start, let's go back to when you first started doing this, all right? So you finished up your, your graduate work and then and where did you go? I ended up um, at Coe College mm-hmm. in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, mm-hmm. Division three school. And I was hired as the head athletic trainer assistant to the athletic director and equipment manager, and I was also an instructor. <laughs> and so at that time, we had about 350 student athletes, and I was the only certified athletic trainer. Uh, when I started, we had three or four students that were in a program. And when I got there, I started to develop the program. We ended up uh, uh, developing a collateral major in, in athletic training. Uh, that our students would take with biology, physical education. They would take those courses along uh, with their major, and we would prepare them to take the certification exam uh, by the NATA BOC. And so when I went through that process, and so at a Division three school, um, I for 13 years, I was the only athletic trainer, and I had some great students. And So every sport... I was you at, were the person. I tried to be there. I'd mm-hmm. be at football practice, but we may have volleyball practice going on in the gymnasium, right. and I would have a senior student trainer covering that, which we couldn't, we can't do now with our education program because the accredited programs, uh, the certified athletic trainer, which is called the preceptor, has to be within sight and sound of the student athletic right. trainer. So it's really it's it's changed for the better, in that you know the the student athletic trainers are getting a great education, but there's always somebody there. And, you know, we, we had trust in them. We gave them, you know, some autonomy. 
Um, they got they learned a lot, you know, because they had to communicate with coaches and do things like that. But we probably had them in positions that they probably should not have been. Mm-hmm. And so I have to say the NETA has done a good job with the education programs, and and uh, we have some great um, accredited programs across the country that provide the student athletic trainers with a great experience. I want to talk with you in, in a moment or two about some of these programs and and uh, your your daily involvement now and how it's changed from back mm-hmm. then. But I did mention in the introduction that you had an interesting path. Yes. That um, at Co College, a great school, um, well regarded, well respected, and eventually you became the athletic director there. How did that happen? Well, um, I was uh, assistant to the athletic director when I started. I became assistant athletic director. I was doing some things with uh, travel, budgets, some staffing, you know, assisting the athletic director. Um, I also became an assistant professor, so I was teaching. Uh, three to four classes, you know, each year, and got to the point where uh, we had been through about five or six athletic directors over about a 10-year period. Uh, we had an athletic director that came back. Uh, he had been at Co, um, and actually was athletic director and wrestling coach at Co and Cornell to mm. our rivals. Mm. And he had gone back and forth, and he came back uh, in his last years. His name was Baron Bremner. And uh, he finished, he was finishing up as athletic director and he decided to retire and I had been involved with this and they asked if I would be interested on interim basis taking over as athletic director. Well, at that time we were switching to our accredited education program and we were going to hire staff and we were going to do all these things. So I had, it was a big decision for me to make is do I want to continue with athletic training or try this athletic administration position? And so... My wife and I had some long conversations, and we had we had two young kids, and I just said, well, let's see how this works, and we'll do it for a year. And I seemed to enjoy it. Um, I think one thing that I had, um, I had already had a relationship with our coaches and our staff and had to make tough decisions sometimes with them. And and at the same time, I think we, we had a good rapport. And so I moved into that position, and I did that for 16 years. Did you miss the athletic trainer part? I did. I did. And I kept I kept my continuing education and I yeah. would actually uh, volunteer to assist at different times. You know, if uh, we call crossover season in the mm-hmm. fall and spring where we have two seasons going on. And so I would assist and cover some practices and games if needed and and do those types of things. So uh-huh. it's one of the interesting things about I think about Division three athletics. And, and to me, it seems like one of the attractive things about Division three athletics that you get a chance to do a lot of things. I mean, you yes. were mentioning your, your, what you were doing. It sounded like you were doing everything but drive the bus. And my guess is you probably even drove the bus at I some point van, in time. I drove vans every so often, yeah. yes. Not, a, not yes. a surprise. And was that, is that part of the attraction to you, why you stay at the, the same place? Again, it's great school, but stay uh, for, for a, a long period of time doing different things. I think it. I think um, I've come to find out as I've been – you know, at Co. this is my 30th year, is you you just can't, I don't think at, at a larger school you can replicate the experience you have with the students and the student-athletes. Yeah. I think you have that ability to see them on an everyday basis. And it's just, I don't know what it is, but it's just different. And it's just, uh, um, it's amazing because, you know, I have students that come back, you know, 25 years ago and they're just, it's like they left yesterday and, and we have great conversations and we talk about, things that happened and and those types of things and so it's uh you know it's really amazing like this last uh, f- uh, this past fall um 
uh, Fred Jackson, who went to Cole College, played for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, him and his twin brother got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And unfortunately, I missed that because I was covering the soccer team, the soccer teams that are traveling. Um, but all these people the next day came up, oh, Fred and Patrick just said great things about because I was athletic trainer right. when they were there. And so it was kind of thing, you know, that's why you do what you do, yeah. you know, how they appreciated that person being around. And so I think that's the attractiveness. And it's the same for our coaches. Our coaches do a little bit of everything. And I think the student athletes appreciate that. They know how hard they work, you know, and they, they have that experience. So you had a, a long tenure then, as you said, 16 years as the mm-hmm. athletic director. And then you decide you're going to go back to the athletic trainer. Why was that? Uh, I think for me it was, t- it was time for a change. I think sometimes you can be in a position, you know, for a period of time and things change. And I think the world of, of sports, even at the Division three levels, changing a little bit. Um, you know, right or wrong, I mean, there's just different things, different things pull at you. And I think being an administrator um, sometimes is kind of a thankless job. And it's, uh, I always would joke with our uh, local media, I said, well, you never want to talk to me unless something bad happens. And, and, and you know, unfortunately, we didn't have, you know, anything bad happen, but it was, it was kind of that running joke I had with them. And, and I just, I think I got to the point that um, uh, our youngest daughter, we have two daughters, youngest daughter just graduated from high school. And my wife and I talked and I said, you know what, I just, I, I'd like to get back. I just, I want to get back more with the student athletes, uh, the student athletic trainers, interact with the coaches. It's a different interaction. Yeah. Even though I would try to be around and go to practices and be at games, it's, it's just different. Yeah. It's different. And I, that's one thing I really miss. I miss teaching. So I teach a couple classes and, and do that. And so it's been, it's been a good transition for me. I've, 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 I put in a lot of time. I, now I remember the amount of time that the athletic <laughs> trainers, but it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a good amount of time because, you know, you really get, uh, I, I told somebody, you know, and nothing wrong with being an administrator, but I said in the first two weeks I was back working with the student athletes, I had more thank yous than I had <laughs> probably in the last five years. Yeah. And it just was, and they're very appreciative, yeah. you know, of, of somebody being around and, and working with them. How, how did you find it had changed, the world of being an athletic trainer in the 16 years that you're away? You know, you have a, a memory, a foundation, yes. but 16 years can be a long time, especially the way things have been evolving in terms of health and well-being for student athletes. How, most significantly, how do you think it's changed? How is it different now? I think there are so many more resources available. Um, it's like we were discussing, you know, before we came on air, uh, you know, the, the opportunities for injuries. And I think we're, we're so much more proactive now with an injury where it would be, hey, let's get them back, you know, quickly. And now it's let's get them back safely. Let's look at big picture, especially at our level, Division Three. It's like, okay, um, you know, this person has this injury. Uh, we need to take care of this now because we don't want issues 20 years from now. Um, and so we have to. And then we also, I always tell the student athletes, um, oftentimes we're there to protect you from yourself. Yeah. And so that let's hey, explain what you mean by that. We've talked about that before, but I think it's important for people to understand yeah, you what know, you mean by that. Student athletes, by nature, uh, majority of them are uh, very competitive, um, very often type A, and they want to be back now. They want to be the best and they want to do that. And there's sometimes where we have to pull them back a little bit and, you know, uh, kind of modify what they're doing. 
and in a sense, giving them some time off and not making them think they have time off. <laughs> and, you know, for example, now I work with our swimmers. Uh, swimmers have to be in the pool. And so if it's a shoulder injury, hey, we'll put them in the pool. We'll modify their workout so they can go in the pool. Okay. They don't like to go run. They don't like to be on the bike. They want to be in the pool. And so we have to do some of those things. But we also have to understand that they have to be back safely. And we don't want that injury to continue. We don't want it to happen later in life. You know, it's like we were talking about years ago, you know, when the arthroscope came out. They go in, hey, torn meniscus, we'll take it out. They're back in a week. Okay, got you back on the field. Well, then all of a sudden we're finding out that, guess what, that meniscus is important. We don't want bone on bone. Let's try to repair that if we can. Well, repairing it takes longer recovery time, but that person's better off down the road. So lots of times we just have to protect them from themselves and, and devise a plan for them so that they can come back safely and effectively. Give me a sense of what your, your day-to-day or let's put it this way, what your daily routine would be. Daily routine for me, and, and obviously it depends on the season, but typically uh, I'll come in between 7 or 8 in the morning and we'll have treatments uh, for the teams that I cover uh, before they have classes. Uh, sometimes we have early morning strength and conditioning with some teams that are out of season and they may come in for treatment if I have some uh, student athletes you know, that are in a rehabilitation program. Uh, then I teach class. I typically, I teach class, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have lecture class and I have lab on Tuesday and Thursday. And then I have what are called two clinical classes where I teach the student athletic trainers. Then typically we'll get that. We'll go through the morning. Um, then early afternoon, we start our pre-practice, uh, for the teams that are practicing. They'll come in, do treatments, taping, whatever that may be. We'll have practices that we'll cover. And then we'll have post-practice after that. And then if we have games, contests, it might be weekend. Like two weekends ago, we had a swim meet on Saturday, Sunday. So I was in at 7 in the morning. We got done at 8 at night, both days. And so it's just you're there all day taking care of the athletes and, and doing those things. And it just depends. You know, like with us, especially Division Three, sometimes we have facility constraints. So in the fall, I, I covered men's, women's soccer. Well, sometimes we would practice – uh, into the evening, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock, uh, because we have a turf field, so football practice, then soccer teams would practice or vice versa. And so it becomes a, you know, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. day. And, but it's, you know, you're there, there's always something to do, um, whether it's preparing for class, whether it's taking, you know, a time, like, hey, 1.30, can you come in for treatment or rehab so I can spend some time with you and do those things. And it's also educating the student athletic trainers. And because you'll have a, a student athletic trainers assigned to you for your sports. And so you'll work with them when you're at practice and, and you'll talk about injuries and you'll guide them through some treatment and rehabilitation. So it's just, it's just ongoing process. Not a lot of downtime. No, it isn't. <laughs> but that's good, though. That's yeah. good. Uh-huh. That's good. Let me ask you about the, the student athletes. And again, let's compare today for back when you got started. And I'll, I'll even throw in back when I'm playing in college, playing football at Yale in the early 70s. And I remember times that I'm putting myself back in a game. So I had one season where I just got a stinger once or twice a game. Yes. And you know what that is, the shoulder mm-hmm. impingement. Mm-hmm. I lose all feeling. First, mm-hmm. I would feel like there was a match being run down my arm. Yes. And then I lose all feeling in my arm. And then eventually it kind of comes back. Yes. But I remember putting myself back in the game, t- saying, telling the trainers, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I can go. Mm-hmm. Let me go back. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And it was the mentality then, I think. Have you found that, that your student-athletes, uh, 
have changed in the sense that they're more conscious of the notion of maybe I shouldn't be going back right away. Let's talk to John first and, and see because there might be more ramifications with this. Yeah, definitely. I think there's so much more out there, you know, as far as education. I mean, like for me coming back, the Internet. You know, I'll have a student athlete come up. Well, I looked this up, and you know, I could be, and I say, okay, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah. I'm now everybody's now an expert because an expert, they go on the internet. You know, a little knowledge is uh, can be frightening sometimes. sometimes. Yes, but um, you know, we'll have a discussion. I and I think they're more in tune with their bodies. One thing I've really noticed is in the time that I've been at Co, our student athletes spend more time in the off season, staying in shape taking care of themselves, doing things. And it, you know, when I first started, especially Division three school, we had a lot of two sports, sometimes three sport athletes. That was the attraction. And you don't see that as much, unfortunately, because there's such an emphasis on strength and conditioning in the off season and doing those things. And, you know, you have non-traditional seasons. So like football, soccer can practice in the spring. And so you see more of that. And I think the, the student-athletes, though, I think by and large, especially like sports like football, soccer, they understand like the head injuries and what we're doing and, and why we do things and the process and the protocol. And um, we have that discussion with them. I said, you have to be brutally honest with me when I'm evaluating you because these are the things that can happen. These are things we worry about, second impact syndrome and things like that. And we're very you know, very honest with them about what things can happen. And then they see and read and, and all those types of things. So I think they're much more in tune with their bodies. And I think you have to have that trust with them that you're not just going to say, okay, you're hurt, you're out two weeks. You always sit down and say, okay, here, what can we do? How can we get you back safely and effectively? And have that discussion with them. And I would say, you know, 99% of them are real good about that. Are you seeing then that that in terms of your profession, uh, both from your level as the athletic trainer and I think you just answered the question as opposed to the student athletes, that there have been seismic changes. I mean, it used to be how soon can we get you back? Now, as you said, you're appending to that sentence, how soon can we get you back safely? Yes. So are you seeing institutionally those uh, uh, more of a recognition yes. of I think, the significance, I think the importance of that think, part of it? And I think... I think what's what's really changed is the coaches are on board. Yeah, that's they my that was my that. next question. For and you. it's an, and because so there's some tension. There's, there's some tension. Lot, there's Coach's tension. job is to win games, right? And, and if all of a sudden your even, players are even out, even at our level, I mean, they change the football preseason and in season. How many practices? And there's no two a days anymore. And and so, I remember doing three weeks of two a days. Yeah, preseason well, and, when and I was in college. I, I tell our our football players, I go when I started at Co. We had three practices a day yeah. for two weeks, yeah. and now it's one practice a day, and they can do some strength training and, you know, those things. But I think it's going to be – it's for the better, um, and it's it's been a process of getting the coaches uh, to understand we're doing this for a reason. There's there's evidence behind this, and, and there's – you know, these things are, are not just pulled, you know, out of a hat, that there's a reason for this. And it's just a process of educating them, but I think coaches are – um, I think they're much better educated in these things. And I always tell people, I go, very often, unfortunately, the NCAA, I think, is in a, a, a reactive 
position sometimes because they have to. If something happens, uh, you're seeing it with the NFL. I mean, you're going to see the NFL is probably going to go to a targeting rule. Uh, right. They're going to talk about it. Absolutely. And they're going to talk about it, which we have in football. I'm a member of the uh, Football Rules Committee, uh, and so we've discussed that, you know, and I think they're going to go with that. But the NCAA is reactive. NFL is reactive. But the rules, many times I tell people, are not for the 98% of the people who follow them. They're for the 2% that abuse them. And mm -hmm. so it's one of those things with, you know, the, you know, one-a-day practice in football. Well, maybe we could go a little longer. Maybe mm -hmm. we can do this. And so I think coaches are becoming better of understanding the whys and the what-fors. There's still some old school like, you know, we, we got to practice twice a day. We have to. And, you know, I understand where they're coming from because they want to teach technique and they want to do this. They don't have as much time. Um, but I under, also understand uh, the ramifications of too much practice and not just head injuries, soft tissue injuries, things like that. All that we have evidence for all that. And so um, but I think the coaches are better at, at understanding that. And they're 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 beginning to see why we do things and, and the reasons for it. Well, certainly, I think cause for optimism for anybody who's who's interested or playing um, all of these sports. And and uh, John Chandler, just a pleasure talking with you. And and an interesting career. And uh, I'm sure all over all the years, those young student athletes at Co College has been much better off being in your hands for a lot of years. And before we leave, I got some injuries I want you to work on for me here. So there you I'm, go. Yeah, get back on. Hey, John, it's a pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate yeah. it. That's it for this session of College Sports Insider. I'm Jack Ford. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon. 